0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Confident Improviser podcast. This is episode number two and I am your host, Willie Mayette. Today's episode is on mastering your chords. So you're going to learn how to master your chords and why this skill is critical for improvisation. Okay, so let's get started. Uh, Remember, uh, this podcast, uh, just as a reminder, is for anybody who's uh, in my Confident Improviser program. Of course, you don't have to be a part of the Confident Improviser program to utilize the podcast, but it's really uh, designed as a companion to the Confident Improviser uh, program. So if you're a member of my site and going through the Confident Improviser program, this podcast is perfect for you to help you stay focused at the piano. Uh, there is a video replay as well, so I'm recording video of this, so if you, if anything that I'm playing, you want to be able to see it, if you just log in at jazzedge.com, you can go ahead and uh, get that video replay if you are a member. If you are not a member of the site, just go back to theconfidentimprovisor.com, right on the main page is a uh, spot that says, a button that says free lesson access put your name and email address right in there and you can sign up and you can get the first five lessons absolutely free of charge, okay? So again, today's topic, mastering your chords and how to master your chords and why this skill is super important for improvisation. All right, so let's go to our progression here. Our basic progression that we've been doing in exercise number one and exercise number two is doing a very basic C minor, right? Then to an F minor, G7 back to C minor. Now, just as a preview of where we're going to be going with this, we're going to be talking about target notes and target notes in our improvised lines as we get going. But before I can get there with you, I need to make sure that we get through these chord tones first, because they're going to be critical to be able to fully understand uh, our target notes. All right. So just understand that there's a master plan here and a direction that we're moving in. I don't always say all of the moving parts all at once because I don't want to overwhelm you. But know that there is a master plan that is underlying uh, all of this teaching. All right. So when we have our chord C minor seven, F minor seven, G seven, in our improvisation, we have our simple accompaniment that we're doing, right? We're already doing that in the exercise. And we have our five finger minor scale or we have our five finger blues scale depending on which exercise you're doing. Remember again the five finger minor scale for C is are the notes C D E flat F and G. Alright and then the five finger blues scale in the key of C are the notes C E flat F F sharp and G. Right? So both of those five finger note patterns or those ingredients as we like to call them in the program work perfectly over this bass line. Now, are these the only notes that you can use for improvisation? Of course not. There are other notes that we can utilize for improvisation. And that is our chord tones. So just a brief explanation. What exactly are chord tones? Well, first of all, we got to go back to how we form our chords and just a real like let me just go through this real quick. So if we start with our first five notes of our C major scale that's C D E F and G. We number those notes one two three four five so one two three four five. All right, it happens to correspond to the finger numbers in the right hand, but don't get confused thinking that we're talking finger numbers. No, we're numbering the notes of the major scale. And of course, if you don't know your major scales, take a look at my 30 day piano playbook, take a look at my piano essentials program, all of that will explain those major scales to you. Alright, so anyway, um, we have our five finger scale, if we play the first, third, and fifth notes, we get C, E, and G, that creates our C major triad, and then we could do things like flatting the third, and that creates our C minor triad again all of that instruction is in the 30 day playbook and also piano essentials if you need it okay so i'm going to assume at this point you kind of have an understanding of like oh, okay c minor f minor g7 I, I you basically understand those chords so typically what happens is students will understand the chords but they don't really know the chords so they'll know that the notes of c minor Uh, a C minor triad or C E flat and G. But a lot of times when you're starting to do them in inversions or starting to move them around the piano, it becomes very difficult for them to be able to do that quickly. Part of that is a visualization uh, problem. Okay, and it's also a uh, kinesthetic and just like feeling it on the keys problem, and then also another part of it is a theory problem. So let's talk about some different ways in which you can kind of lock these chords in. So the very first step is you have to know the basic chords. So you have to know your C minor triad is C, E flat, and G. When we go to F minor, those notes are are F, A flat, and C. F, A flat, and C. And G seven, that's our full seventh chord, and those notes are G, B, D and F. Now, you might be uh, questioning, okay, well, wait a second. The chord here is listed as C minor seven. Why aren't you playing C minor seven, Willie and adding in the seven, you absolutely can. Alright, I just brought it down to the triad just to make it a little bit easier for you. But let's go through those seventh chords right now just to make sure we're on the same page. C minor seven, C, E flat, G, and B flat, all right, F minor seven, F. A flat C and E flat and then again G7 G B D and F if you happen to be looking at the video you might notice that a lot of times I'll put my fourth finger on the B flat in the C minor seven chord just happens to be a little bit more comfortable for my fingers I got really big hands but usually you play it as one two three and five for your fingering okay alright so this is what we call our root position seventh chords root position seventh chords. So with our root position seventh chords, the root is the bottom notes. Now we can also move these chords into inversions, which you've probably heard before. And that's basically, you take the bottom note, you put it up top. So now my bottom note is E flat, G, B flat, and C. This is what we call our first inversion C minor seven chord, we can do this again, take the E flat, put it up here. And now we have G, B-flat, C, and E-flat, and then we could take the G, put that up an octave, and now we have our third inversion C minor 7th chord. Oh, and by the way, with the G, B-flat, C, and E-flat, this is what we call our second inversion, C minor 7th chord. And then finally, the third inversion of the C minor 7th chord is B-flat, C, E-flat, and G. Now, one way of looking at this is root position has the root as the bottom note. First inversion has the third as the bottom note. Second inversion has the fifth as the bottom note. Third inversion has the seventh as the bottom note. Now, let me throw a little uh, monkey wrench in here for a second. And what happens if we keep playing a C down here in the bass while playing these different inversions, okay? Well, it would still sound like kind of a root position, Uh, a chord because we have our root going on down there. But in the right hand, we would still consider them inversion. So right here, I'm playing a C minor seven uh, in first inversion, but I got the root playing in the bass. Okay, if we were to move the bass note to say E flat, now we're getting into something called alternate bass notes, or slash chords, And that's not where we want to go right now. So if you're going to play a root, or you're going to play anything in the left hand for right now, just play the root, you could also be playing these chords in your left hand as well. All Right. so if you don't fully understand that, don't worry about that. Don't get bogged down by that. That's not something that you have to uh, really uh, be overly concerned with right now. The main thing is knowing the notes of the chord. Now, I'm going to share a little story with you a little bit of an anecdote uh, of how I learned all of this stuff. So when I was young, um, uh, as a baby, my father taught me how to play piano, I remember sitting at the piano, I have a picture of my mom, kind of like holding my back up as, as literally an infant at the piano, just kind of like playing around and you know, uh, pressing notes. And as I got older, you know, it was like 10, 11, 12, my father started to teach me how to play the piano. And, um, uh, you know, my father could play the piano well, but he wasn't a teacher, you know, he, he didn't learn all of that skill, but he did the best job that he he could. And and he did a really good job. You know, I'm, I'm very uh, appreciative of, of all that he taught me. But one of the things that he did a lot of is he taught me a lot of theory and it really served me well for when I was 15 and started studying with, you know, a uh, more professional teacher. So we used to go through and go through theory all the time and he would have these index cards that he would put in the car, Now, albeit that's not very safe today. But anyway, the point is he would have a uh, these index cards that we would glance at now and again and it would say things like chord tones and scales and whatnot. But the point is, we did so much of this work away from the piano and he would Constantly be quizzing me and ask me, what are the notes of a C minor seventh chord? And I have to say, C, E, flat, G, and B natural. He'd say, no, not B natural, what is it? Oh, that's right, it's B flat. C E flat G and B flat. So what happened was I became very quick at being able to name my chords and understand my understanding my theory. So much so that when I actually went to Berkeley uh, and, and started my first year of college. Um, I was actually able to test out of half of my theory classes. I only had to take two out of the four theory classes that I was required to because I already knew so much theory going into college. Okay, so what does that mean for you? What that means for you is the best way to master your chords and really understand your chords is to practice them away from the piano, right? The more that you could start to practice theory away from the piano and start to get it visualized in your head, the better. So if you happen to be listening to me right now on a podcast, and you're away from the piano, that's perfect. You're doing exactly what I would recommend that you do. Okay, so now you're away from the piano. How do you practice this stuff? Okay, well, first of all, you say C minor seven, what are the notes of a C minor seven chord? Okay, it's C, E flat, G, and B flat, right? And then you think, okay, now my first inversion, what note is going to be on the bottom, it's going to be the E flat. So now I know that the ingredients of that C minor seven chord are C, E flat, G and B flat. Now I need to move that C up. So the bottom note is now going to be E flat, G, B flat, C. And I try and visualize that in my head while I'm away from the piano. And now the second inversion is going to have the fifth on the bottom. So that's going to be G, B flat, then C, and then E flat. And then my finally my third inversion is going to have the seventh on the bottom, that's going to be B flat, C, E flat, and G. Right? Then I can go through and I could start to just simply uh, ask myself random notes. Okay, what's the seventh of a C minor seven chord? I'll give you a second. Three, two, one. Did you answer B flat? If you did, you're right. What's the fifth of a C minor seven chord? It's a G, right? What's the third of a C minor 7 chord? It's an E flat, right? So you know now the third of C minor 7 chord is E flat, the fifth is G, the, the seventh is B flat, the root is C. You might question, hey, Willie, should I do the tensions, 9, 11, stuff like that? If you want to, sure, there's nothing wrong with that. If you don't know about those, leave them off for right now. The main thing is really getting down the chord tones for improvisation. Okay, so if you want to do the tensions, and you want to do a little bit of extra credit, sure, that's fine. But for our purposes right now, for improvisation, what we really need is the main chord tones, which is C, E-flat, G, and B-flat. Let's move on to F minor 7. Okay, it's pretty simple, right? We know those notes. F, A-flat, C, and E-flat. F, A-flat, C, E-flat. right, this is root position. First inversion has A-flat, C, C. E flat and F second inversion C E flat F and A flat and finally third inversion E flat F A flat and C okay so kind of spelled through your inversions another way of doing this is you could say okay F minor seven F A flat C E flat first inversion A flat C E flat F second inversion C E flat F A flat third inversion E flat F a flat C. Can you do that? Can you do it that fast? Right? You don't have to do it that fast to start. But you really want to build up that speed. Because the idea is that the quicker that you can recognize and identify your chord tones, you're going to see in a second how that's really going to help out your improvisation. Okay, so really knowing your chord tones, super, super important. Best way of doing it do it away from the piano. Let's just stop there for one second and talk about well, why is doing this stuff away from the piano so important? Because when you're playing at the piano, your visual senses definitely take over. Okay, so like what you're looking at the notes, and then your kinesthetic, which means basically how like your fingers feeling on the keys, okay, just like how it's super easy for you to get to a C major triad because you know that feel right, you're not thinking about the notes anymore. Well, that kinesthetic sense takes over as well. So you get your eyes doing work, you get your fingers and kinesthetic sense doing work, and then you get your ears doing work as well. And a lot of times the brain and the theory is just kind of like, "Eh, okay, we'll just like kind of hold off for right now. So you're really not working your brain and you're not working the theory as much. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. You're not doing anything wrong. That's actually exactly what you should be doing. Because imagine if you had to think about all of these chords, every time you had to play them, you'd be crippled when you're playing, you wouldn't be able to play. Right. So this is good. But we want to make sure that we also practice that brain work as well. And the best way of doing that is away from the piano, because then you're just forced to do it, right? You, you, you don't have a piano in front of you. Finally, G7, G, B, D, and F, that's root position, first inversion, B, D, F, and G, second inversion, D, F, G, and B. And finally, third inversion, F, G, B natural, and D, right. So those are our three seventh chords that we are doing in uh, these first couple of exercises in the confident improviser. Okay, so now as promised, why do I care about chord tones? Why do I care about mastering these chords and knowing what my chords are? The reason is that when it comes to improvisation, you can both start and end with nothing but chord tones. Okay, so if I were to go through and uh, uh, improvise over like a song like say autumn leaves, and I just do you know, uh, my chord tones. (music) And so you could hear that, you know, is the improvisation, you know, going to blow the doors off? No. But does it sound good and sound pleasing? And do all the notes sound quote unquote, right? You know that I don't really like thinking of notes as right and wrong, but you get the point, right? I mean, all the notes sound good. They sound pleasing. They, they, they fit in the box. So you could start and end by just using chord tones for improvisation, right? You can make a pretty decent sounding improvisation with only chord tones. So you don't have to know scales, you don't have to know all of this other stuff. If you didn't want to. Now, I'm not saying not to learn scales. Obviously, we want to learn scales because we don't want to just play chord tones. But the point that I'm making is that chord tones are so powerful, that really, you could start and end there with your improvisation. So now if we go back to our bass line. Right? And if I utilize these chord tones during my improvisation, I could get something that sounds like this. Again, pretty decent sounding, right? I mean, you know, it's it's, it's not the you know some grand improvisation but it sounds good and this is where we want to start we want stuff that's gonna sound good that's gonna work for the progression and it's gonna make us sound good and we can always build upon that now the thing that you probably heard or maybe noticed if you happen to be watching the replay of this is that i am playing these chords in all different inversions so when i start on the c minor I can come down from my G and when I come up to F minor, I go to the A flat, then to G7. and so really being able to move those chords around and create some steady eighth note lines and stay within those chord tones. Okay, so how is it that I'm able to do that? Well, it's because I really know those chords, right? I, I mean, I, I've practiced them for years and years. So forget about me. How do you do this? Well, number one, practicing these chords away from the piano and really diving into that theory uh, is gonna be super important. Now, let me just kind of put your mind at ease for a second. You know, when I say the word theory, I know for some students, that's going to make the hairs on the back of their neck stand up, okay? Uh, You know, the the word theory is not a great word. It's not a very fun word, right? It's, it's, you know, it's not like sitting on a beach soaking up the sun, right? I mean, when we think of theory, we think kind of like boring, right? It's like, oh, it sounds like work. Is it work? Yes, of course it is. Come on, let's call it what it is. We have to work in order to get better at stuff. But it's work that pays off so wonderfully for you. And if you're scared off by theory, let me tell you that this does not have to be difficult. You just simply start with those three chords. So while you're out and about in the world, just think C minor 7, F minor 7, G7. Okay, what are the notes of C minor 7? C, E flat, G, B flat. All right? And try and, when you're doing this, visualize what it looks like. So, if you happen to be watching the video replay, you see the virtual keyboard up there, how, how it lights up all in that nice bright orange. So that's what you want to see, you want to see those inversions, you want that that mental picture. So when I think of like an F minor seven in uh, third inversion, this is what I see in my mind's eye, I see that E flat F right there close together, there's root position, there's first inversion, there's second inversion, right, G seven root position, second inversion, first inversion, third inversion, right, I could see all of that in my mind's eye. And I can visualize that, you know, the keyboard, right. So now, some other ways in which you could practice this is try doing your inversions, but not in order. So in other words, say, Okay, let me ask you a question. We'll do a little call and response a little quiz right now. So spell out a C minor seven chord in root position, I'll give you a second. Okay. So you should have said, C E flat G and B flat. Okay, so those are the notes of your C minor seven in root position. Now spell out a C minor seven chord in second inversion. Remember the fifth is going to be the bottom note. So you should have said G B flat C and E flat. Right, that's C minor seven in second inversion. Now go to F minor seven first inversion. What are the notes quickly go as fast as you can. F, A flat, C, and E flat. Quickly, G7 in third inversion. That means the seventh is going to be the bottom notes. So what is that? F, G, B, and D. So moving to different inversions like that and not going in order is a great way of doing this as well. So you notice I went C minor 7 root position, then second inversion, then to F minor 7 root position, then G7 third inversion. Okay, it's not just going in order. Remember, anytime that you practice a pattern, both your brain and your body are going to get used to that pattern very quickly. An anecdote for that, just if you go to the gym or anything, if you lift a 20-pound weight, right, maybe, uh, you know, on the first of the month it feels heavy, but if you keep lifting that 20-pound weight every single day, guess what? At the end of the month, it's not going to feel heavy anymore. You're going to have to go to 25 pounds in order to... Uh, you know, make that feel a little bit heavier, because your body starts to get accustomed to it, starts to get used to it, All right. So same thing happens at the piano as well. If you practice in patterns, then your brain and your body is going to get used to those patterns. And as soon as you break out of that pattern, then everything starts to fall apart. So it's encouraged, I encourage you to practice not in patterns, instead, try to randomize your practice as much as possible. Now, if you're also looking for another lesson, I have a lesson called master every chord at the piano that's at my jazz edge site. And it goes through how to use a randomization technique. And I also have an iReal Pro uh, um, uh, backing track that you can download. And then going through that randomization technique is a great way of mastering your chords, because you're breaking outside of those patterns. Okay. All right. So your marching orders right now, what you really want to practice and make sure that you get down well, and as well as possible is really try and understand these three chords, C minor seven, F minor seven, G seven, know the notes of those chords, be able to spell the notes of those chords, try to visualize those chords in your mind's eye, and know that playing the chord tones is what will give you a good sounding improvisation. Okay, so anytime you see a chord, and you're looking for notes that can work over that chord for improvisation, you could start right with your chord tones, they're always going to work. Alright, so anyway, that's it for me. Thank you guys very much for joining me in the confident improviser podcast. I do want to remind you if you have questions and you are a member a jazz edge member, uh, be sure to join me on Thursdays. For my uh, Confident Improviser uh, Q&A session, this is a great way to ask me questions, to get feedback on your playing, and then to also get some other tips and tricks. That happens 1 p.m. Eastern every Thursday. The link is in the site. If you're not a member of the site, I encourage you to go back to theconfidentimproviser.com. Put your name and email address in there. Go ahead and click on where it says uh, the uh, free Uh, um, uh, lesson access, click on free lesson access, put your name and email address in there, you'll get an email from me, that's going to set you up with a free account on jazz edge. And every Wednesday at 1pm Eastern Time, I do my live office hours. And this is an opportunity for anybody, regardless of whether or not you're a paying student or not to be able to get online ask me questions in a live situation, and I have the keyboard in front of me, and I can demonstrate and uh, give you tips and tricks that way. All right, so anyway, thanks guys so much. Remember, every Tuesday is the Confident Improviser podcast. I'll see you guys next week. All right, this is uh, Willie Mayette for the Confident Improviser. Thanks again for joining me.